Let's talk about our democracy for a minute. But let's do it in a way that makes the snowflakes' heads explode. Let me be clear before this podcast begins. We are loud, loud proud, proud, and do not give a fuck. This is the Tony Michaels Podcast. Real and raw political and social commentary. The freedom to oppress the rights of other people is not liberty, you shit-eating moron. Ah, the smell of freedom of speech. This is the Tony Michaels Podcast, and this is Tony Michaels. Hey, Tony, fuck them. Well... We are going to talk British politics today. Seems <laughs> to be trending. The British Trump has resigned. But he didn't resign. I, I don't know how this works. You know, it's, it's, it, it, they have a little bit different democracy than we do um, over there and how it works and how their elections are run and, and, and actually triggered. You know, ours are based on dates. But it seems as if Boris Johnson, the British Trump, as it were, as he were, uh, is going to resign his post as prime minister. And he's going to stick around for a while so he can use the uh, checkers facility. I I think that's what it's called. I don't know. I don't know. The royalty thing um, has always confused me. I'm confused by it. Like, I, 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 you know, of course... Growing up here in the States, we generally don't understand royalty or, you know, the crown because we don't have or we're not supposed to have one here. We're not supposed. I mean, that's what the fascist wants. That's what MAGA wants. That's what these Trump pumping idiots want is they want to have royalty here. Or so it seems. (laughs) Uh, White trash royalty. The Trumps are, I guess. (laughs) The trailer park king. I don't know. The point is, with the British politics, we're going to pretend like we're going to (laughs) talk British politics today. No, seriously, it it is a big deal when a prime minister of a world power, especially one of our allies like... The UK resigns. Uh, they've been calling for his resignation for a long time. This seems to be something that's been playing out for quite some time, right? I mean, I over the last few days, his entire government has been resigning out from underneath him, and they've been trying to replace him apparently, but they can't. You know, they just haven't been able to replace him. He doesn't have a government. And so they call for his resignation. The funny part is, is uh, on Rupert Murdoch's Fox News this morning on Fox and Friends, they describe, oh, yeah, Boris Johnson, he's finished. He's been done. His government, he should have left. He should have left weeks ago when his government was resigning. That fool kind of, you know, that's kind of the attitude, right? Well, what about your orange deity, motherfuckers? After January 6th, they were all resigning. Resign, 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 resign. 
Because they knew what the fucking, they knew the writing on the wall. They knew what, what he was trying to do. He's trying to overthrow the United States government. And they wanted to be able to say, well, I resigned. I'm a patriot. I mean, even Betsy DeVos, barely DeVos, as I call her. She's barely DeVos. She barely was the education secretary. Barely DeVos even resigned. She couldn't even stomach it. Are you fucking shitting me? When you lose Betsy DeVos, whoosh! Whoosh! But you guys remember after January 6th? One after the other, the dominoes fell. He didn't have, he didn't have a cabinet, really. Trump is who I'm talking, not Boris Johnson. But this morning on Fox and Friends, if you take the clip where they're talking about it, you just replace the pictures of Tr- Boris Johnson with Trump, and you're like, you fucking boneheads. Where, where were you right after January 6th? You were still defending him then. And they're still defending him now. Oh! It wasn't an insurrection. There wasn't violence. Well, I think we're going to find out Tuesday how much violence there was in our country. But it doesn't seem to be violence in the UK. No one's storming storming their government, trying to overturn it. They've just been calling for his resignation. And eventually he fucking resigns. Because he's, you know... They don't like him. He's worthless. He is kind of the British Trump, right? I mean, all the way down to the fucking hairdo. I mean, it's not the same hairdo. It just, you know, it's what makes them stand out, I guess you could say. So the British Trump resigns. It's part of the news. Uh, some other other news in, in foreign land. Uh, Brittany Griner, we talked about Brittany Griner yesterday. I guess she pled guilty. Uh, to drug possession and smuggling charges. I don't know if this is smart or what, if this is part of some deal that they're making. Uh, Apparently yesterday, the president, vice president, spoke with uh, Brittany Griner's wife and reassured her that they were working on getting Brittany back to the United States. And I think it's um, something that needs to be done. I think all of us Americans can get behind getting Brittany Griner back to the United States. Apparently, uh, it's it has to do with cannabis oil uh, that was packed in her bag. Uh, I was reading an article this morning from the Associated Press, and it seems as if she is saying she didn't intend to break the law. Um, she packed her bag too fast and had this in there or didn't take it out. One or the other, I'm not sure. So she pled guilty uh, to drug possession and smuggling charges in Russia, which on its face sounds very dangerous to plead guilty to anything. But apparently in Russia, uh, when you're when you're charged in criminal court, there's not (laughs) there's not much way out of it. They're going to convict you and they're going to jail you. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Hopefully, um, hopefully that. hopefully Brittany Griner makes it back to the United States. Um, that would be a huge victory for our country, for Brittany Griner, her family. Um, and even in the effort to try and <laughs> get Russia under control here, it's still kind of ridiculous. 
and we're still doing this. We showed a, a video yesterday of Vladimir Putin speaking of Russian Russian or foreign leaders. Vladimir Putin. He looks. He looks. Uh, he looks like shit. Holy fuck. He that guy looks like fucking shit. Have you, have you noticed that? God damn, that guy is not. I thought it was a body double. Seriously, in the video when I first watched it, I'm like, is that really him? But but apparently it is him. And he looks like fucking shit. Now, some people have said in the comments since I brought that up the other day, um, they've said that uh, he's bloated because possibly he's receiving cancer treatments. And I, I, I don't, I don't, um, you know, I'm not an oncologist, so I don't know anything about uh, cancer treatments or how it affects the way you look. But uh, maybe or maybe not. But apparently, the guy is is sick. He's sick in the fucking head. I mean, I've always hoped that he would eat an ammo sandwich for lunch. You know, this guy's clock is ticking here, but it doesn't seem to be ticking long enough. We we there was a video yesterday, and maybe I can find it too, where <laughs> Russian state TV they're they're seemed a little skitzy. They're even talking about whether they would uh, appoint Trump again or some shit, like they have a magic wand to tell us who our fucking president is. You know, that's their propaganda there. They've adopted this propaganda that they get to select our presidents as if they selected Trump and Biden, whoever. As if they have that power. I don't know. So we, we, we may be able to find that video. Um, I have also today an interview for you. Now, it's a great interview. You guys have seen Dakota Adams on our show before. Uh, Dakota Adams is the estranged son of uh, the Oath Keepers founder, Stuart Rhodes. You guys know Stuart Rhodes is the, the founder and the leader of the Oath Keepers. He's the one that had the the authority over the QRF, the stash of weapons that were across the Potomac on January 6th. He led his Oath Keepers uh, into the Capitol, where it appears that he was trying to communicate with the President of the United States to see if there was martial law so they could take over the Capitol and start arresting people. Uh, we're going to find out more about this on Tuesday. I believe Tuesday's hearing is going to feature the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers in the hearing and what actually happened and took place uh, on the lead up to January 6th and January 6th and even after that um, to show that they were intending uh, to incite violence and to use violence to overthrow our government. I think that's what we're going to find on Tuesday. And speaking of that, go go make sure sometime today, uh, the link is going to be going around Twitter, but make sure to go to Midas Touch uh, YouTube channel. We'll be covering the hearing an hour before, gavel to gavel, and an hour after. Um, now, these hearings are, <laughs> are set to change at any moment, so uh, bear with us as we try to keep up with the announcements. Uh, so if there's more hearings next week, we will try to announce those to give you the times and the links. So be paying attention to that. Uh, you can follow us here on our YouTube channel as well. Uh, make sure you keep up with all the news at the Tony Michaels podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. You'll find all those links there at Tony Michaels pod. And then I retweet them. Gabriel tweets them. Um, so they're there and they're not, they're not fake. So we will, we will retweet. Them. They're not. They're not satire or parody. I'm gonna get to that too. <laughs> uh, someone unnamed 
uh, did a big, big Instagram live last night about uh, he's how he's an expert on satire and parody. Anyways, back to the interview. Got off track there. We have an interview today with Dakota Adams, Stuart Rhodes, the founder of the Oath Keeper, his estranged son. Now, normally, we talk to Dakota about uh, the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, the militia, uh, January 6th, the lead up, uh, Stuart Rhodes and his mindset, because he knows Stuart very well. Uh, but because Dakota Adams grew up in this militia type culture, um, he also because he was a, a a teenager that was um on the fringes of society he w- he would uh, get on the deep deep dark parts of the web like 4chan and 8chan um and having knowing now what we know about the shooter in Highland Park the roof the ultra maga rooftop shooter there's a lot of debate of what this guy, his ideology is, right? What his political beliefs were. It's pretty clear who he supported, but that doesn't necessarily give you an idea. I mean, <laughs> if you're a Trump supporter, you're, you know, you're a fucking bonehead. So there's no telling if you even know what your own ideology is at that point or what your own beliefs are. I mean, these people claim to be pro-life, but Debbie Lasko wants to fucking shoot her grandchildren. And she says it on the House floor. So it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell where these people are at on the political spectrum. But we know he was a Trump supporter. His father was a Trump supporter. But I wanted Dakota to really try to unpack what it means that these men, these white men in particular, who seem to be on the fringes of society, if the deep dark internet is breeding uh, these mass shooters. It's not video games. It's not weed, Fox News. It's not pot. They're not smoking pot and wanting to kill people. Jesus Christ, you smoking up pot. You barely want to get off the fucking couch, let alone climb up on a rooftop, you fucking dummies. It's not pot. It's not video games. It's not porn. There's something that is being interjected, ideas that are being interjected, ideology that is being interjected into these, these people's brains, and it's poisoning them. Now, I'm not saying that they're victims, um, but I am saying that there's something to this, and it's strategic, and Dakota kind of explains it in our interview with him, of how this is strategic from the far right. Uh, He has witnessed it inside 4chan and 8chan. Um, These are the deep, dark parts of the web, folks. This isn't isn't Twitter. This isn't the fucking, the, the Trumper that's in your Twitter feed saying stuff. This is much darker this is much deeper and this is much more sinister vile stuff that goes on in 4chan hn and some of these uh far right wing uh places where they talk about this stuff and dakota explains it very well in this interview uh because he's been in these in these chat rooms he's watched it he even explains at one point where they actually do kind of like a reverse psychology to get people stoked up um, in these chat rooms and in these threads. And he kind of explains that as well, how they use uh, fake accounts, how they use certain things to trick people into believing certain things and getting them in the mind of fear to push their ide- ideology farther to the right. Um, and he believes that these these Nazi groups have 
And these far right wing groups have infiltrated a lot of these chat boards. And it's not the people that you would think. You would think that, oh, it's, you know, far right wingers that start out in these in these rooms. But Dakota explains it very well. It's not it's not just people who already are far far right wing. It's people who are on the fringe of society. And it doesn't necessarily mean your 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 political views. It could be your sexuality. It could be your gender. It could be all sorts of things that make you it, it could be the things that you like recreationally. There's all sorts of things that can put an individual on the fringe, quote unquote, on society. And when they gather up in a room and these right wingers dispouse their ideology on these people and use use that these people are on the fringe of society, it starts to really take hold in a group form in these threads. And he explains it so well. And that's why I wanted to have Dakota on. When I when I first found out that this Highland shooter uh, was in some of these uh, weird places on, on the internet. I mean, obviously, he had a social media presence. He had a YouTube channel. He had an Instagram page. Uh, he had a Twitter account. Um but it was odd because he was making different kinds of music. Uh, he had a, he had people who were following him as fans for this music. It was it was very uh, a strange, not just different music, but it was a strange following in these places. And Dakota really kind of un unpacks some of that for us. And I knew he would because Dakota knows these sorts of things from the experience that he's having in his life. Um, Dakota is a brilliant individual, and he knows militia and he knows the far right wingers all too well because he's been around them his whole life. He was raised by them. Uh, That's the reason why I think it's uh, very important to listen to someone like Dakota. So we are going to have him today. Uh, We recorded the interview yesterday at a time that was best for him. So you will, it's a pre-recorded interview, uh, but we will play it here at the bottom of the hour. So here in about 10 minutes, we'll play the interview with Dakota, which is about 30 minutes long. And then at the top of the second hour, at the top of the second hour, we will go through the Tweety Tweets and the Trendy Trends. Again, there's a lot of news to get to today, and I'm sure stuff is going to be breaking along the way. Again, the Prime Minister, the British Prime Minister, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson has resigned uh, as the Conservative Party leader. Um, He will stay on until they find someone else to replace him, I guess. A lot of people are saying... (laughs) It's because he wants to use checkers. I guess it's called checkers. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Is anyone here in the chat in the UK? Am I saying that right? Checkers? It's, uh, uh, what the hell is it? How do you spell it? It's C-H, let's see. Ah, damn it. Yeah, damn it. It's C-H something, right? And I think it's a Q and a U. And I think think you would pronounce it checkers. Like the game checkers, right? Yeah, it's C-H-E-Q-U-E. E-R-S. Is that how you say it? Checkers? I believe that's how you say it. And I don't know what checkers is. Everyone in the UK knows what it is. Everyone knows what it is in the UK. We we are very unaware here, especially me. You know, hillbilly me. You know, being from the country, I have no idea what checkers is in, in, in the UK. Apparently, it's some kind of facility that now the government has or or the, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know, but apparently they're going to throw a wedding party there. That's where the party was, where they partied. Um, check yours. Check yours. 
Is it check yours? Oh, okay. Well, it's check yours. Checker, checkers. Sorry, that's the hillbilly coming out of me. Checkers. Hell, Boris Johnson's going to go to the checkers. I don't know. But apparently this is where they threw the party and uh, where they had all the COVID stuff, you know, and he went he went anyways where they had the COVID restrictions. And that's what really fucking set some of this off. That was, that's what some pissed some people off. And we had some of that stuff in our country here when certain governors uh, would go to places. Hey, remember Obama? They had this big party. And uh, eh. <laughs> Matt Knight says here, I'm not alone. So Matt must be a hillbilly too. I don't know. Maybe it's just that you're from <laughs> you're from the United States and you just you just don't know. I I just don't know. I'm just ignorant of the of the areas in the UK. I, I I'll admit it. I'll admit it. Cut it, clip it, just the words. I'm ignorant. There you go. Anyone who wants to clip that, you can clip it and put it out on the internet. Uh anyway, <laughs> anyways, uh I, I think this, you know, we had this back and forth about COVID. A couple of the governors would go to parties. Uh, Obama threw a big um, uh, party and, you know, you had to have a vaccine. You had to be tested. You had a certain protocol to make sure no one got COVID. You know, I, I don't know if this is the same over there, but he got pissed off. Um, this guy, Boris Johnson, he may or may not have handled uh, COVID well over there. Um, we didn't handle it well in this country because we had... Uh, we had Dumbfuck, Captain Dumbfuck, as our president at the time. So, you know, it, it goes without saying that we could have done better. I think uh, the UK could have done better. But when you have Trump and British Trump in charge of things during a pandemic, it doesn't bode well. Oh, fuck. But anyways, British Trump has, is quitting, but he's not quitting yet. He will quit. I resign later. The other news, the other news that I want to get to in the shit list roundup is this Elon Musk stuff. Have you heard this? Elon Musk and Herschel Walker have a lot in common, apparently. Yeah, they have a lot in common. They got all kinds of kids everywhere. I don't know what the fuck's going on. You would think the Republican Party, who's about family values, and they always talk about how, oh, fatherless children and all this nonsense, all this bullshit. You think, you think they would be really against Herschel Walker and Elon Musk? You would think, but they're not. The other news that I want to bring up uh, real quick, and I think I think this is uh, very, very great. This is great. Uh, Rosalind Carter and President Jimmy Carter have been married for, I think, 76 years. 76 years they've been married. Holy shit. Congratulations to uh, President Carter and his wife, Rosalind Carter. For 76 years. I believe it's 76. 75, 76. That's a long time. Holy shit. Congratulations uh, to them. Congratulations to the Carters. So uh, we'll talk about that in the shit list roundup. But right now we are going to go to the interview with Dakota Adams. So stick around. The interview will be right after this break. We'll be right back. Mark. 60 seconds. This is the Tony Michaels Podcast.
I've always wanted to learn a new language, but whenever I try, it never sticks. So when Babbel made a MAGA edition, I knew I had to give it a try. Babbel MAGA edition makes it really easy to learn. And there's lots of lessons to choose from, like subtly racist to full-blown white supremacist. The first lesson began with learning simple phrases, and soon I was putting those words and phrases into a conversation. Each lesson takes about 10 to 15 minutes to complete, and they're all really different, which keeps things interesting. The app is really smart. It actually keeps track of the words that I'm struggling with. I chose Babbel MAGA edition because it's created by smart white people, like me. And now I can't wait to explore, meet new friends, and use my new MAGA skills with my in-laws. All lives matter! Jumping back into it, this is the Tony Michaels Podcast. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us. We have a special guest with us here today, Dakota Adams, uh, a reoccurring guest on the show, as a matter of fact. Um, normally, we talk to Dakota about uh, Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, Militia, having to do with January 6th. But today, I wanted to bring him on to get his take because he he has seen uh, this stuff before with the militias and uh, 4chan, 8chan, some of these deep, dark parts of the web. We know now who the Highland Park shooter is um, he had a social media presence and an online presence, which I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I hope Dakota can kind of give us an idea here of how that played into who they are trying to make him in to be and out to be. Uh, Dakota, welcome. Thank you for joining us uh, for having a, a quick conversation about this. What did you think when you when you um, heard who the Highland Park shooter was and when you started to you know, dive into some of this information about him, who he was, his online presence? What was your first thoughts? Well, first of all, in an ideal world, we would be able to shut down information about these people because a serious part of the problem is the very fast, easy pipeline of mass murderer to instant Internet celebrity, especially in uh, darker, anonymous Internet communities and and where we have uh, mass shooters inspired by each other's manifestos in a chain. We saw that a lot with the people inspired by Dylan Roof. Unfortunately, we don't live in a world where we can reasonably tamp down on these people's five minutes of fame and keep that from happening because we have, in general, a media punditry machine that feeds off of any interesting information about tragedies and exaggerates it for click value. And then also we have political machines in place that will grab any noise they possibly can out of any situation to deflect their side from being blamed. And that's what we have here. And the thing that struck me, first of all, was that the right wing was going to make immediate hay out of this guy's basic physical appearance, having being skinny, having facial piercings, having dyed blue hair in some of his photos. Those are characteristics that are possessed by people all over the political spectrum. But you know that your great uncle on parlor is going to run with that as a sure sign that he's Antifa from the beginning. Uh, wearing black clothes or having a black face mask in any photo means that anyone who does a bad thing is automatically an Antifa operative. And that was immediately going to be the narrative that was seized. But really, no matter what happened, they were going to seize the narrative of it being a secret uh, leftist provocateur, no matter what. And so the main striking things 
about this case are the history of violence, threats of violence, uh, flagged in school that resulted in in him being pulled out of school, the police showing up and seizing knives and swords from his house after he threatened to kill members of his family. And then immediately afterwards, his uh, Trumpster wannabe politician father helped him get a go through the application for purchasing firearms, like within months of the police seizing knives from his home because he was threatening to murder everyone. So what we have is a failure in the family and familiarly uh, someone who should have been caught in the red flag net that slipped past because the system fundamentally is not working. And beyond that, we see that this is, again, he had previously attempted to break into a synagogue and was turned away by security in that same area, which is known for being a predominantly Jewish area in this uh, outlying community of Chicago. And that while not explicitly neo-Nazi, a lot of the chat rooms he hung out in were very racist. And that's where we have this larger trend of reactionary and accelerationist thought that is feeding into the background media noise that is driving, in my opinion, a lot of these shootings. This idea that Western society is inherently broken because, or degenerate, because basic tenets of liberalism like free speech, democracy, tolerance, especially tolerance for uh, the queer community or minority ethnic groups is being conflated with everything that is wrong with the neoliberal global order, including loss of jobs from outsourcing and environmental degradation. Like it's just a common thread from extremist Muslim groups to the reactionary right wing is the conflation of so-called degenerate uh, social practices, which is really just basic human decency with everything that is wrong with the world economic order and how it has disadvantaged the poor and the middle class. And so you have this general sense of this vague straw man of liberalism and secularism and tolerance catching blame for everything that is wrong with your life that is making your life suck. So you don't have to claim responsibility or do the research on figuring out what harmful systems are actually causing your life to suck. And in this, you have a lot of people that are just very much on the fringes of society that are already prone to violent ideation that are prone to antisocial behavior that see this larger internet community where violence against society is celebrated because anything that causes chaos and accelerates the collapse of society is inherently good because our current society is inherently sick and evil. And it's going to draw people who just want to be celebrated for being an edgelord and provides them fuel for violent thought and antisocial behavior and shows them uh, mass shooters 
especially uh, racist mass shooters being celebrated just for going against the grain. And that, I think, is the real story here. And you also have him being involved in a bunch of niche internet communities, being a SoundCloud rapper, having a hyperpop album, being um, involved in what people are calling the Nazi catboy um, internet social circle. So you're going to have people dragging furries into all into all this as if it's relevant. Wait, when, wait, 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 wait. You said internet cat boy, internet Nazi cat boy. What, what, do, what do you mean? What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Tell me what that means. <clears throat> so you have this interesting phenomenon going, which I call the uh, social experiment Petri dish from hell. <laughs> Is this is this like a Marjorie Taylor Green Petri dish type thing? Or is this a a, a, a petri dish, not a peach tree dish, tree, is it? Yeah. Okay. I just um, be could be could be both, probably because a lot of people in it have no <laughs> idea what a petri dish is. I okay. Mean, well, I apparently don't because I misspell it on Twitter. But the and this is <laughs> something that's been going on for a long time, is that in the heyday of early anonymous internet communities when 4chan culture began to coalesce and form. These places were a catch-all for everyone who did not fit into mainstream society. And that meant lots of people with fringe political views, uh, people espousing racist views from the safety of anonymity before that was allowed in the mainstream. And it meant a lot of queer youth and gender non-conforming people who were trans or non-binary or simply expressed themselves differently in a time when there was no mainstreamed or even semi-well-known uh, subculture for them to participate in, all in the same melting pot. And then that melting pot of young people, especially young men, who were on the fringes of society and felt like outcasts was deliberately targeted by white supremacists and violent fascist groups for recruitment and to be made into a pipeline. The most famous example is the now very, very well-known um, Stormfront attempt that was highly successful at taking over large chunks of the different 4chan communities to turn them into white supremacist recruiting pipelines. And in that catch-all, they got everyone who was on the fringe. So you had the early forerunners of people who are now Fembo called femboys, just men who do not consider themselves transsexual, who just enjoy exhibiting feminine personality or body language traits and dressing in feminine clothing because they feel it uh, fits who they are more and there's a subculture for it. But because of that early exposure, through these melting pot online communities to vicious, very well-coordinated white supremacist pipelines, a lot of them were exposed to racist and fascist ideologies where you have Nazi uh, gender non-conforming and cross-dressing communities that have tremendous overlap with other somewhat marginalized, primarily online subcultures like furry communities. It's kind of a knock-on effect of the attempted Nazi takeover of the punk scene from way back in the day. Anywhere where you have a gathering of generally anti-authoritarian, non-conformist outcasts forming their own culture, Nazis will see that, try to co-opt it, 
and attempt to build up their brand inside that community. And this is no different. And the follow on to that is that people are going to seize on uh, dressing in women's clothing and wearing cat ears and having a cat girl profile picture for your crappy hyper pop albums. And they're going to grab onto that, especially in media because it's quirky and unusual and interesting to the majority of mainstream normie internet goers and casual Twitter consumers who are not aware of any of those subcultures. And they're going to seize onto that. And in doing so further the perception of all of these niche communities as being Nazi adjacent and facilitate their capture as Nazi branding when the real story should be that these young men who feel like they're marginalized, who have crap lives, who probably have very toxic, abusive homes, judging by the number of people online saying that his father was widely hated and frequently kicked out of local bars. They are falling into internet communities that celebrate mass violence as an ultimate statement against society and also propagate um, racist and fascist ideology and imagery. And the subcultures that he was a part of in parallel to that are less important than the widespread dragnet of violent ideology that is meant to grab all of these young men who fall into that same category, who fall into uh, Steve Bannon's uh, much beloved target demographic of rootless white males and inspire them to acts of violence to strike back against society and become famous, even if only in their niche internet circles. That's the real problem, but everyone's going to fixate on the cat ear headband and the women's clothing the media is going to run with that and obfuscate the real issue. Right. So they're not going to get to the mm-hmm. heart of why, why they're even reporting on some of these issues like they, like they, like they should be. Um, and, and that's why I wanted to have you on because when, when this first started happening, me and Gabe were texting back and forth because I went to the social media to try to see what, who this was and what it was. I was actually trying to grab some of the videos that he had posted because my one thought was, is, Oh my God, someone's going to take these videos and they're going to turn them into whatever they want. And they're because these videos are going to be taken down is what I thought, like his YouTube and some of his other content. And they're going to make it into what they want and start spreading around these deep, dark webs. Gabe sent me an actual screenshot of 4chan. I believe it was wasn't it, Gabe. Yeah, yeah. It was 4chan. It, like, like he sent me a screenshot of 4chan of, of what was happening right in real time. And I was like, holy actual fuck. Like they were already all over the narratives that you're talking about. Um. And it's almost like they turned on one of their own. It almost felt like that when you were reading what they were saying about him and then Mm -hmm. going to like uh, his social media and seeing some of the things he had said, some of the things he'd done like, whoa, it almost feels like they're saying he isn't one of us anymore. And and then scapegoating all those things that you're saying, that list of things that you're saying, rather it's the women's clothing or the cat ears. Um, because you said you said um, <laughs> so smartly the punk scene and how the Nazis took over the punk scene because it's almost like tried to. That's well, the well, thing right, is it right. wasn't quite successful because they got their asses kicked, which is a lesson <laughs> we need to relearn in this year of our Lord 2022. Mm-hmm. Right. 
well, but I guess my my question is, is that what what the real story that you're saying that the media is not going to pay attention to because I want to pay attention to it is what can't what is there anything that can be done to undo some of this online online culture where where it is this like you said dragnet where they just try to rope in as many people as they can to get them to listen to their ideology right and th- and they know that some are going to believe it some aren't but the ones that they rope in now they're part of the the team as it were so is there anything that anyone can do is it is it paying attention to it is it actually knowing that it exists because i think that's the one thing i've had a lot of uh, hugely important right well i've had a lot of normal trumpers you know the guys like the fat guys in the trump t-shirts and the trump hats (laughs) like this guy this and 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 the the boots and the blue jeans and you know their their bellies hanging out and they're like this guy he got colored hair he ain't a trump supporter there's no way he's trump you know i've had those like in my twitter comments and i guess they're not they're even even Trump supporters are very unaware that it's not about the color of someone's hair or where they grew up or or what body type they are, or if they have tattoos on their face or not. Um, it really is about buying into right wing authoritarian stuff. And I think even they're missing why like the QAnon thing, like you said, Nazis try to grab onto this stuff. Like they I believe they try to grab onto this QAnon thing and really run with it. That's why mm-hmm. there's these these really deep seated roots of white supremacy inside the QAnon, whatever the hell it is. Right. You know, cause they grab from a lot of theories, but tell us what can we do? Do we pay attention? Do we just ignore it? Cause I don't think that's the answer, but no, just ignoring it is not the answer. If we could do concerted media blackouts and stop at least as far as not making these people famous, And stop people from like, because that's the fantasy. If you're a bitter, edgy loner is all these people trawling through your shitty drawings and your terrible (laughs) social media posts that never got any likes while you were a nobody and analyzing everything for meaning. Like, why did he do this? What was his ideology? And Mm -hmm. that's plays into the fantasy, but we cannot stop that. At least not right now. Right. The best foot forward short of that would be to start shutting down right-wing media outlets that serve as the entry point for the pipeline mm-hmm. that gets these kids into like environmental neo-Nazism or great replacement theory where I've seen people advocating for this. And I think it'd be a great tactic is what the hell is that one guy's name? The every town for gun violence. No, the uh, (laughs) the guy who holds uh, DNC funding by the balls perpetually, who's super about assault weapons. Soros. Soros. No, actually, uh, the one who actually holds DNC funding. Uh, Bloomberg. Okay, there you go. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if we could get Bloomberg to help guarantee or some other of these liberal dark money billionaires that I keep hearing about that seem to be totally missing in action when anything needs to get done. If they could guarantee get Biden on the phone because billionaires all have presidential access. We all know that guarantee funding to the IRS to investigate the shit out of right-wing media outlets for tax fraud, because I have no doubt that they've all committed, or at least the individual pundits have, you could probably shut down half of the right-wing media ecosystem in about two years 
if you took a really hard look at their taxes and had their resources to go after offenders. Mm -hmm. Because the main problem is that very large media companies are, I believe, knowingly serving as entryways into right-wing extremist pipelines that lead into accelerationism, this idea that society is inherently corrupt and anything that collapses it faster is inherently good so that it can be replaced. It leads into the great replacement theory and white identity. They are knowingly serving as the entry points into information ecosystems that serve stochastic terrorism. That's the idea that you broadcast violent rhetoric and rhetoric that implies that violence is the only solution until somebody picks up a gun and then you, the broadcaster, sitting in your comfortable house with your high salary are comfortably well insulated from the actual actions of the shooter. You have plausible deniability and you can continue to signal boost them and the ideology that created them as a mass shooter so that somebody else does it again. It's a fire and forget mimetic form of inspiring mm -hmm. terrorism and controlling narratives through mass shootings short of shutting down right-wing media outlets Everybody needs to check on the isolated teenage boys in their lives because I had a pretty disturbing close brush with white supremacist recruiting pipelines when I was a youth. I was a uh, when between our sporadic fits and starts training for the apocalypse, I was effectively a neckbeard. And then one day, all of the 4chan communities that I frequented were flooded with violent interracial um, porn by posters badly role-playing as glowed black nationalists who were celebrating the cultural victory of black men over the white establishment. It was a transparent attempt to get people to knee-jerk into white identity as a counter-reaction and an instinctive swinging the other way. And then sure enough, in the comments, people started posting like prototypical versions of the, like those, those uh, edits of World War II Nazi footage with little dark age playing over the background is the popular music edited over Nazi propaganda from the forties saying, no, don't give in to despair. Uh, the death of the white race to miscegenation is, and is uh not inevitable. You can't listen to these anti-white crowing voices. And a ton of people bought it, even though it was the most transparent thing in the world. And I think my lifelong training to see conspiracies in every shadow actually helped me clock that this was a deliberately engineered uh, bait and switch recruiting tactic by white supremacist groups organized on Stormfront, which is exactly what it was. The chat logs leaked later. And everyone whose teenage son was on 4chan in that time was exposed to violent white supremacist rhetoric that was keyed to play on all of their insecurities, uh, sexual, societal, mm -hmm. uh, your place in life, your future as a member of the middle class, all play on all these insecurities and then set up uh, violent white supremacist ideology as the natural counter answer. Then after that, going against all my instincts of not being a snitch and not playing into the information state 
if you have that guy in your high school who constantly makes the mass shooting threats and draws the edgy pictures, maybe you should make a report just to establish paper trails because the system is not in place to actually address this right now. It's the one common sense gun control effort that would gun safety effort that would make the most impact for preventing mass shootings is never properly implemented and constantly handicapped. And wherever you can establish the paper trail to so that if someone does pop off, you can say, look at this. There were warning signs. Here are the receipts. It puts more actionable pressure on people. But honestly, it sort of feels like all this has a good chance of coming to nothing. The coming Supreme Court decision that would allow state legislatures, including state legislatures that are so thoroughly gerrymandered that there is no chance of anyone but a Republican holding the state house, allowing those state legislatures to overturn the results of presidential election and submit the votes however they decide, that's coming up next year in the Supreme Court will effectively mean the end of competitive uh, national elections in this country. And the very next Republican White House will do everything they can, not only to destroy the electoral system, but to encourage stochastic terrorism like we're talking about here against all dissidents and anyone that is against them. Ron DeSantis will absolutely, if he gains the White House, do everything he can to dismantle any attempt at stopping or being aware of potential shooters like the one that killed six people, seven, I believe now. Yes. Yep. At Highland Park and injured 26 more because it is a time-tested strategy to simply allow non-state violence by your supporters against dissidents to cement your control. The death squads that fired on protesters after Pinochet took power were not officially aligned with the government. The death squads that slit the throats of pro-democracy liberal activists in Turkey during the military coup attempt were not killed by state security. All that happened was state security had to stand idly by. So what we're facing now is this rising tide of so-called individual lone wolf attacks and mass shooters, these young men that, be drawn in, that are being drawn into these pipelines. It's happening because they don't see anyone fighting for a better future that will fix the problems that are affecting them in their lives in a way that they're aware of like the, the complete lack of action by anyone except crazy right-wing demagogues at fixing anything or advancing any kind of goal is feeding into the idea that 
only this will work, only collapsing the system will work. And the people with the histories of domestic violence and murdering pets and threatening to shoot up their school will be the first to pick up their guns because they're looking for an excuse to lash out at society anyway. And this greater narrative driven by the ongoing failure of our government is simply feeding into that. And so what we see now is this environment of a failed society being used to sweep up potential mass shooters and beta test the messaging for inciting lethal violence against dissenters the next time Republicans control the country. So what you're saying mm -hmm. is, is that if we allow Republicans to control our country, uh, which may be speak to the pro-democracy message, um, that if uh, uh, um, an actor, a fascist actor like Ron DeSantis were to take power, he would turn the 4chan army against our democracy, I think is what you're saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. And not even the 4chan army, just the guy in your local gun store or who talks mm -hmm. about well, right. Uh, how I, we need to right. how we need to kill people. Who I guess don't, if you would just masks. if you would just label it. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, you even you I, even touch on it earlier, which you know, Steve Bannon using World of Warcraft and gamers to to penetrate through and get them. You know, I mean, he even quoted in his book of saying, you know, mm -hmm. that he was able to figure out a way to manipulate that. He's like, you can activate that army. You know, he so was like, it's inspired by Gamergate, right. where he saw the minute there was something to this directionless, <clears throat> rootless, society-wide anger at all of the entitlements promised to the white middle class dissolving and falling through once you have a target. Because initially there were people like the YouTuber Total Biscuit who did video game reviews who were actually talking about ethics in games journalism because he'd received... Uh, attempts by video game companies to effectively bribe him to give good reviews of their games. And he's like, so I think like people should uh, disclose when they have relationships with game developers or game reviewers in the interests of transparency. And then that was immediately seized on as a funnel to pour all of this rootless anger at society for failing to deliver on all the promises implicit in American media. And Steve Bannon saw that and he went, I need a way to harness this energy. And that right. feeds directly into the Cambridge Analytica scandal where mm -hmm. every tool of the modern information economy was utilized to develop and refine the perfect targeted advertising and algorithm driven uh, instruments of delivery for seizing on this online army, turning it into political action and eventually into violence. And that is where if the current GOP gains power again without a serious cleaning of house, all the violence that we are seeing will have just been test runs for using the media to incite violence against anyone they disagree with or against society in general so that local government and the basic functioning of the nation can collapse and they can assert authority in a state of emergency in the vacuum. The entire GOP playbook is about destroying institutions so they can say the institutions never worked and enforce their own private sector or religious alternative under their control 
to fill the vacuum. It's playing out through everything from law enforcement to education. This is no different. The more chaos, the better, because they want to ride the wave. Well, thank you, Dakota, for joining us. And please come back next week after the hearing. Mm -hmm. Um, There's going to be a hearing, and it sounds like the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers may be a uh, a main point in in this uh, upcoming hearing next week. So if you would, please join us next week, and we can talk uh, more what we usually talk about, (laughs) which is the Oath Keepers and Proud Boys. But thanks for coming today and giving us analysis of uh, what the deep dark web is creating uh, where we see some of these mass shooters um, coming out of the woodwork and not knowing where they come from, but we should know where they possibly come from. If we would just pay attention a little bit more and know what is at stake. uh, And don't get, don't get distracted by quirky subcultures focus on what's really at stake, which is the funnel that, all antisocial disaffected young men can fall into when a massive media machine is aimed at directing them into violent social circles. Well, thank you, Dakota, for joining us. Come back Mm -hmm. very soon, my friend. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon, my friend. Thank you for having me on. We'll be right back. Mark, 60 seconds. This is the Tony Michaels Podcast. Are you numb and alone after storming the Capitol? Have you been left out in the cold after stealing Nancy Pelosi's mail? Do you feel exposed to a government that doesn't share your patriotic values? If any of these describe you, then you're in luck. Hi, I'm Paul Gosar, and thanks to my new product, Pardon Blanket, I've got you covered. Pardon Blanket specifically works to make you feel safe and cozy after your involvement on January 6th. And if you're one of the other members of Congress who also helped with the attempted coup, Pardon Blanket will protect you too. Pardon Blanket is made of a sort of soft fleece and a layer of sheep's wool. And they're 100% made in the USA. Don't delay and get your pardon blanket today for just $99.99. Actual pardons not guaranteed. Jumping back into it, this is the Tony Michaels Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us through the interview. What a great interview with Dakota Adams. You really break it down for us there. Giving you good insight. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to clip out that interview and post it uh, just by itself on YouTube. That way you guys can go watch just the interview if you want to rewatch it or if you want to send it to someone uh, to rewatch the interview there. And we'll, we'll post that on our YouTube channel. So don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, the Tony Michaels Podcast. Hit the subscribe button for more and more content. You guys know we we broadcast live every single weekday, noon Eastern, 11 Central, 9 Pacific from YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And we also simulcast to the Midas Touch Facebook page. It looks like there's talk. We know that there's going to be a hearing on Tuesday. Uh, We just got done discussing it with Dakota Adams. Uh, Hopefully, he'll be able to join us. I'm hoping uh, he'll join us after the hearing to give us his take on some of the things that they actually, the evidence that they uh, bring out against the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys. I believe that's going to be part of Tuesday's hearing. That's what we're hearing so far. And um, there is some talk right now, even on Twitter, that 
it looks like Tuesday and Thursday, there's going to be hearings. So it looks like we're going to get at least two hearings next week. Uh, some talk was at the be- very beginning that th- Thursday will be day eight. <laughs> because remember when they first started talking about this, they said we'll either have six to eight of them. Now, the assumption is maybe the eighth one, if it is the last one, that might be in prime time. But we know Tuesday's time. The hearing starts at 10 a.m. Eastern time. We will start our coverage over on the Midas Touch YouTube channel. So do not forget to go over and subscribe to the Midas Touch YouTube channel. So that way you do not miss that coverage on Tuesday because we will start our coverage at 9 a.m. Eastern. So if you're on the uh, if you're on the West Coast, it'll be very early. If you get up, get your coffee, get your popcorn ready in the morning, popcorn for breakfast, because it'll be 6 a.m. Then our coverage will start on the Midas Touch YouTube channel for the Midas Touch Network. Now, we will be broadcasting with special guest and commentary anywhere from the Legal AF host uh, to possibly uh, Miles Copa with My- Michael Cohen, host Michael Cohen. Now, we've had Texas Paul, a Midas Mighty favorite, on. Now, we've had Ron Reagan. It's possible we could bring Ron Reagan back next week. We have David Bender, a political strategist, and my favorite political strategist. Maybe I'll be able to get Rachel Bittekoffer, Dr. Rachel Bittekoffer, maybe next week to give us some commentary as well. We also have the Trump NDA killer on our commentary panel. And then also Lee McGowan, the politics girl from the Politics Girl podcast. You guys love these people. Midas Money loves these people. And we're we're excited next week to get back to the hearings, uh, to really uh, go through this evidence. And apparently the January 6th committee, uh, the select committee has received more and more testimony, even just in the since the last hearing where Cassidy Hutchinson, as you know, uh, she was testifying against Trump's and Mark Meadows, some of the, salacious things were that Trump uh, threw ketchup against the wall and he tried to assault the Secret Service agents. But the most important thing is he knew these people were armed. He wanted them to go to the Capitol. He wanted to go with him and he wanted to be crowned king of the United States of America. And since those pieces of testimony have reached the public's ears, more and more people have gone before the January 6th committee to give their evidence yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not to stave off some criminal liability. Let's see what our executive producer and co-host thinks about next Tuesday's hearing. Gabe, yeah, we're hearing that maybe it would be Tuesday and Thursday. We know Tuesday sounds like a pretty much a slam dunk guarantee at this point. Right. Uh, for coverage to start. Our coverage will start at 9 a.m. Eastern, which, you know, you love getting up early in the morning. Yeah, so. no, I, I really enjoy You're an waking. early morning person, right? I mean, look, <laughs> I get up before the sun. I always, right. every morning I say, beat you. Um, <laughs> no, I don't really prefer waking well, up at 6 you, in you, the morning. You will, be, you will be with us for most yeah, of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, sure, be, I'm sure will... nap time will be whenever the hearing ends. Yeah, if it, it it basic, basically, it'll go end of the hearing It'll have I'll have a beer. Oh, okay. I'll like sit on the couch and I'll probably fall asleep. You know, so, so, just so like, it's like a super... so it's like a nap beer, a nap beer. Yeah, I used, like I used a, to like have a shower maybe... beer. Do you ever have a shower beer where you take a a shower with? A oh yeah, no, beer? all yeah, the time. Shower all beers the time. Are Be like, good. hey, shower we gotta go. We're going out. Like, 
better, you know, crush that beer or whatever. And then you just bring them into the shower. You got one, you got one that you're drinking as you're going in. And then you got one ready to go. Oh, to crack right. open so you, got in the sit, beer. you got it sitting on the vanity as you're exactly. coming out. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. You're not fucking around there. No, I mean, look, there's no time to waste. You got to go. I guess not. You know? I guess not. But you're going to have a nap beer after Tuesday's hearing. Yeah, I think so. I think okay. with all of these, I'm just like, man, what the fuck? Like, we right. know, we know things are are crazy and, and, and insane in the reality of what was an attempt of to happen is way worse than what we thought. Right. Like every time we find out we have an idea of like, Oh yeah, we know this person or we kind of know their role and we have a slight idea, but then you look at back at Kathleen Hutchinson or you look at Donahue or you look at uh angle or, or, uh, Rusty Bowers or anyone, and you find that these testimonies are way more damning than we thought, right? They're revealing way more details of this attempted coup from the election or even before the election through January 6th. So it's like you could expect the worst, like the worst thing, and then be like, oh, nope, that was even worse. Like, right. you know. Well, I think that's why so many people are actually coming forward now. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, they have uh, all new witnesses and all new testimony. Yeah. And it's probably not new testimony in that they're giving more and more evidence, right? It's probably right. just backing up the yeah, evidence exactly. that they already have. They're right? like, like, we already know or have an idea that this happened, and we're going to talk about it. And they're like, oh, actually, I was there, and I can confirm that did, in fact, happen. And you're like, right. oh, fuck, you know? Why, so why, I, I mean- I, I think I just want to say, you know, a big thank you to Cassidy Hutchinson, because I think that she kind of opened the floodgates there um, to have more people come forward and feel comfortable knowing that, you know, one of their own already did. And they felt that they had. Well, but it may be that they feel uncomfortable because one of the things that was striking to me about her recorded testimony, not the actual live testimony, the recorded testimony is, man, she had she had a binder and she had all her information organized. Oh, yeah. She this was not around. a person who was like just trying to think from memory. She had all her notes. She had all the documents that she had. Yep. She knew exactly what happened. She had it right there in front of her. Um, she was ready wow. to testify. And I think that probably make, made sure that people out there that had out, uh, information that could back her up, um, they were like, wow, she's got her shit together. If I don't get in there and and do something about this, it's possible right. that I'll have criminal liability. Because yeah. we, we watch as as Mark Meadows still, you know, scoffs at this, and other people still scoff at this mm-hmm. as if this is not going to come down on top of them. We 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 uh, it is it is inevitable at this point. Well, I mean, you have Jeffrey Clark getting his uh, electronic devices seized. You have uh, John Eastman getting his devices seized. And then we see this week that those same group of motherfuckers uh, get subpoenaed down in Georgia for mm-hmm. a grand jury for the for the for the actual the actual fraud that happened in the state of Georgia from right. state charges. Right. Yep. So, so that that may come. Um, and a lot of people assume that that's some of the easiest charges to bring against some of these criminals. Um, that were trying to overthrow our democracy where mm-hmm. they were trying to overthrow George's vote. And the reason why is because I think there's some fear that these people have pocket pardons because there's a lot of talk about pardons, 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 right. pardons, Matt Getz, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Rudy Giuliani, John Eastman, uh, all these people wanted pardons. And there is no evidence to say that they didn't get pardons yet. Right. Like that's right. the thing that I'm waiting for is, is there evidence that shows that they didn't get pardons or that they did get pocket pardons. And that may be why the department of justice is being very careful here because we really don't know what those 
that we don't know how those pardons work, right? Like right. we never had this event in history where a president would preemptively or pardon someone before he left secretly. So that way, if they were charged with a crime, they could use it. We know mm-hmm. Matt Gatz was trying to seek like a blanket pardon from now until kingdom come, right? right? Like, oh, I can commit crime all I want. Maybe that's why that guy walks around so confident. I'm just saying he might have a pocket pardon. I don't know. He he very well could have a pocket pardon. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, why would you need a pardon? What did you do wrong? You know, what do, what are you admitting to right now? Like you're clearly you're clearly asking for a pardon because you believe you're guilty or could be guilty or found guilty or whatever or at fault for something. Why don't you come up to the front of the class and tell everyone why you needed that pardon and what you were so afraid of, right? Right. You know, I would want to know, like, if 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 it's on the record that you were asking for pardons, whether it's Giuliani saying, well, I didn't need a pardon at that time or whatever, his, like, two times deleted tweet that was basically admitting to asking for a pardon from Trump, or you've got Eastman, or you've got uh, Matt Gates or Marjorie Taylor Greene, or any of those other, you know, fascist, uh, seditionist people that were in the coup, you got to wonder, like, what were you guys doing? Why did you guys feel afraid, right? Why did you feel it was necessary to ask for a pardon? You know, if you think that what you were doing was totally justified by the, the what was written in the Constitution and that you totally believed in what you were doing to fight the election and the results of the election, then why feel guilty, right? It's just like for the same reason why you see Proud Boys and Patriot Front and all those other fucking cucks who hide their faces, If you really were proud and you really believed in the shit that you were doing and you didn't feel embarrassed or the potential that you would be revealed with your true identity, you wouldn't be hiding your faces. Exactly. If you're so proud and so macho, then then don't hide your face. Right. And if you really believe that that the election was stolen 100 percent, then why would you feel like you needed to get a pardon? Right. What were you trying to cover up? So um, I, I I have something that relates to what you're talking about. Um, you said Rudy Giuliani and a fascist and people revealing themselves in public, because I think what you're saying is some of these people are afraid of being shouted at and shouted down, yeah. uh, called out for what they are in public. Or, you know, they're, maybe their pissy little job is at risk because people will find out they're Nazi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here is a video. This is. Oh, fucking, this have is, you seen this? this yeah, is this is beautiful. Bad. This is a video. Um, uh, now, is this him campaigning for Andrew Giuliani after he lost? Or See, is that's this, what I'm, I'm trying to figure out the timeline here. If this was before or after, or if they're just using the remaining uh, funds that they were given as right to campaign go right. contribution to go just like drive around and be like, I'm still Giuliani and I'm still America's mayor. You right. Know? Well, they're trying to re- repair their image because you see you're right. on the truck that they're driving, which is a stupid fucking Trump truck, right? Yeah. yeah. Rudy Giuliani has probably never actually driven in one of these trucks until he had to act like he was fucking. I mean, why, when in the video, he gets up in the trunk or in the truck of the, of the car and, uh, uh, and he has to step up and get in. The guy's a fucking troll. Okay. He has to reach up, get up there. He looks like he's probably already two, three feet off the ground when he's standing by the door inside the car. Like, Right, but don't you think, like, in Giuliani's life living in New York City, this guy would r- want to ride around in a limo, right? Oh, yeah. Not, not some kind of hillbilly jacked-up truck. Come on. This is this is all this is why Don Jr. grew a beard and wears flannel shirts. Right. It's the same shit to yeah. appropriate the fucking the, the culture 
so that they feel like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. th- this is the whole oh the the um, uh, uh, blue collar billionaire. Right. I, yeah, he's like, I'm just like you. I'm right. the common man, and he's like, break. get the fuck like, out of here. Hello, my friend. It's like when Rudy Giuliani is an Italian from Brooklyn. He right. knows nothing about about rural farmers. He it's doesn't like know the- a goddamn thing. It's like the scene from Community where Steve Buscemi comes in as like a he's got a hat on and a hoodie and a and a and a skateboard and he goes, "How do you do, fellow kids?" Right, like, exactly. that's what that's this it. is. That's it's it. these well, people trying to relate on a level that it, isn't there. It really, it really gets me because uh, you know I, I grew up in, in rural white America, mm-hmm. right, and so I'm, I'm I'm very familiar with that culture. Let me tell you something. The people from rural white America don't appreciate city folk acting like their country. They don't yeah. like it. They had a whole show on it. It was called Green Acres. I don't know if you ever saw the show Green mm, Acres. It's been a long time ago. But it, they did a whole show on it, actually. And it just it 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 gets me, it gets me in my crawl when people that my whole life would look at Rudy Giuliani. And then there's nothing wrong with being Italian from Brooklyn. It's just different. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it's like to be from a city. I have mm-hmm. no clue. No clue. I did not grow up in the city. I grew up on in a rural area. I grew up on a fucking farm, you know, with chickens and cows. I, I, I didn't grow up in the city. So it's different experience. So, I, But I don't understand how these two things have fucked and had a baby where Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> it, I'm serious. Where Rudy Giuliani is driving around in this fucking stupid Trump truck. Right. Um, acting like he's some kind of country boy. But watch this video. This is fucking hilarious. And whoever, I, I think it's the people who are taking the video who are actually um, yeah, yeah. Because I think it kind of he reveals himself at the end. Yeah. So, but uh, you see here in the in the in this still image here, this is Grandpa Farty McSharty Rudy Giuliani, and this is his uh, uh, his test tube. What is left over from Eric Trump's son? Uh, Andrew Giuliani here, but listen, listen to the beautiful noise that comes from behind this camera. It is glorious. Good days, regardless of how you're destroying this country. And I bet you uh, you like abortion too. <laughs> <laughs> I think abortion is a right. You are absolutely fucking right. At one point, you were a person. Now you're a shell. You sold your soul to the devil. You fucking fascist piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not over, folks. It's not over. The beauty has just begun. He, he but he goes right after Rudy Giuliani uh, as he's getting in the truck here. Uh, it, you know, he makes sure to get the "you're a fascist piece of fucking shit" out before Rudy gets in the truck and shuts that door. Then yeah. this guy really wants to make sure Rudy understands exactly how. Like, he in case you didn't him. hear me. <laughs> Right, right. Let me say it louder, you fascist piece of shit. It gets better. It gets better. The icing hasn't even started to go on the cake here yet. Don't you care about our country? That's what I right there. It means democracy. Democracy is what it means. You fascist. Go to hell, fascist. No, you don't. Go to hell, fascist. Go to hell. Get treasonous piece of shit. <laughs> oh, it just gets better and better. I I think I watched this like twelve times the other day. Just it's good. It up. never. It doesn't get old. I I right. mean that's it, it is amazing. Uh, we I mean more people should do that shit, right? Did the same people that you know are blowing whistles in front of Marjorie Taylor Greene's face and Matt Gates and they're running away, you know, even though they say they won't back down. 
Um, these are the same things we should be doing for these people. Hold them accountable. Yeah, get go loud. Out and- get loud. Make them fucking be uncomfortable. Like you right. said, they should be really fucking uncomfortable showing their fucking these fucking Nazis. Right. Our country and our fucking democracy should be really fucking scared to show their fucking faces in this country. And and we know who they are so we can fucking shout them down from across the street. This is fucking ridiculous. We need to stop this nonsense where we we. Oh, well, Nazis have have rights, too. They do have rights. And we do, too. We can yell and scream at you that you're a fucking fascist piece of shit because Rudy Giuliani is part of MAGA. He is part of the structure. He is part of the structure that wanted to decouple us from our vote and take down our democracy. Mm -hmm. He doesn't give a fuck. He wanted a fascist dictator in power so that he he could do whatever he wanted because that's the fact. Fucking Rudy Giuliani was drunk with Trump all the time and they were talking about how they were going to take over the fucking world with the Ukraine shit the election, and on and on and on with Georgia, Arizona. That's what all that fucking pressure was. And I can't wait. I can't wait to watch that fucking fat, stupid slob, Rudy Giuliani, Grandpa Farty McSharty, finally get the cold steel put around oh, his yeah. wrist. Fuck that guy. Well, whether it's listen. whether it's through the January 6th committee and that's there's right. some sort of recommendation or it is through Georgia itself. Well, way, I, I, think, I think Rudy Giuliani has a lot... Uh, oh more, yeah, he has a lot more exposure than just Georgia because this guy was going all around the country trying yeah. to commit fraud. Well, remember uh, he was calling everyone like they were the expired car insurance, right? The, <laughs> the expired car warranty. He's like, uh, "Hey, uh, it's Rudy Giuliani," and he's like, "And Jenna Ellis, and uh, we're just here to yeah." And like you hear COVID like COVID parts, COVID parts, um, <laughs> and they're like, "We're just uh, here to talk to you about the 2020 election and the apparent widespread voter fraud." And then just like Rusty Bauer said, he's like, and yet when we asked for evidence, they said they didn't have any and they were just working on a theory at the time. Right, right. Well, they kept, Rusty Bowers, the, the the Arizona House Speaker, kept at a Republican, by the way. Yeah. Who would still vote for Trump, which is fucking right. gross. But they kept he kept asking him, give me the names, give me the names, show me the list, show me the list, show me the evidence. And they never could produce it because it was fraud. Let's right. listen to how this guy handles this fraud, Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, treasonous piece of shit. You treasonous piece of shit. Treasonous do not deserve respect. Treasonous. Right, you don't deserve respect if you've done that. Go to hell, you treasonous piece of shit. Go to hell, you traitor. You fucking turncoat. You fucking turncoat. You sold your soul to the devil. You sold your soul to the devil. You. Oh boy, just music to my fucking ears, Gabe. Music to my fucking Man. ears. It oh, is uh I love that guy. No, it's great. Guy. Yeah, no. I mean, like, I you know, more people should say stuff, you know. When they see people on the street, dude, they're every look, it's not cancel culture, it is consequence culture. That's right. You supported a coup, you supported a group that put into place certain Supreme Court justices. Those Supreme Court justices have now begun stripping away the rights as as women. Uh, they will be com- coming after people who are part of the LGBTQ community. They'll be coming after interracial uh, marriage and relationships. They'll be coming after the the way in which state-run elections are done. Uh, they're going to come after it all. And look, I'm sorry to say, but you were the people that put these people in power, and there are consequences, right? It's like we cannot deny newton's laws of physics here right for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction 
And right now, this is that reaction that is happening. And I'm sorry to say, but if it's if you find it negative, that's on you. You know, it it is. And, you know, I have a great story and I wanted to tell it um, after the 4th of July. Uh, we, we went to our 4th of July parade, mm-hmm. but w- seeing what happened uh, in Highland Park, I, fi- I figured it was much more uh, uh, newsworthy to cover that story than my personal story. But I actually <laughs> I had a great story at our 4th of July parade. Um, our parade was pretty boring because it seemed to be just politicians. There wasn't a marching band. There was a few dance crews that played music and they danced. And that was very mm-hmm. cool. That was, that was fantastic. It was some of the best, some of the best parts of the parade. And most of the, per, the floats that were for the politicians, they weren't even fucking playing music. Of course, most of them were Republicans because, you know, I live in Missouri, but there was one in particular that stood out and it stood out to my wife who was sitting next to me and she decided to say something. Um, we watched this Trump truck, very similar to the one you just seen in the video there, come down mm-hmm. the street and it had the candidate's name on it, but it had let's go Brandon all over this truck. And then this person, I don't know how much, I don't know how many thousands of dollars this fucking idiot is spent to put let's go Brandon all over the truck, thinking it's a good political slogan. Right. I mean, it would that, win the election to, to put that vinyl wrap on there. That's not, it's that's not, not cheap. cheap. It's yeah. not cheap. It's not cheap. So he's got let's go Brandon Oliver's truck. We see him from a you know coming from down the street, and uh, they get they get to where they're in front of us, and it was so sad because either the candidate was driving or it was the one person who was walking handing out flyers. That's how much support this candidate, right. which is not surprising. See the bullshit that they had posted on their truck, even in an area where I am. Most people don't even uh, buy into this let's go Brandon shit. It's yeah. such a small fucking percentage of these people. Now, the truck stops, the person's handing out the flyers to the people on the curb, and the guy in the truck honks the horn. And he tries to start chanting with the crowd, let's go, Brandon. And before he even gets out the word Brandon, my wife yells, fuck you! Uh, (laughs) Just really fucking loud. Re- I mean, and everyone. She was like, "I'm not. Ha- I'm just, not having oh, it right now." I'm telling you, you think I give no fucks and have no yeah. fucks to give? I'm not even close. Yeah, not yeah. even close. Now, she'd been to uh, uh, a, a a reproductive rights protest the day before. So oh, she yeah. was already hyped up. Oh baby. yeah, yeah, yeah. She was already to fucking go. She's like, "Look, man, I miss fuck him." Yeah, so. yeah. Fuck you. So she yells out, "Fuck you." And everyone turns and people start laughing and everyone's kind of agreeing. Yeah. And uh, the guy passing out the flyers, and I don't know if he was the candidate or he was just helping the candidate, well, but he was man. passing out flyers. He And he was kind of, you know, in front of us. He's pretty, right, he's right. pretty close. And he kind of looks up and he smiles and kind of laughs at her. And she points at him. And she said, no, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy in the truck, he was so discouraged. He just kept, he just, at that point, he just, he just he, kept he's like, driving. he turned off the car and just walked. Away. Yeah. Well, he, he like, couldn't, oh. he couldn't, he couldn't get anyone to chant. I, right, right, I really, I was laughing so hard. Um, you know me, I, I can't help but laugh, but I, 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 I thought afterwards, I'm like, man, I wish I would have had it on video. But the other thing I wish I would have is got everyone to start chanting. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. You know, because this guy is such a chucklehead. Yeah. You yeah. can't even get people to walk with him in support. It's uh, it, I mean, uh, it you know, if you're if you're still. Some people in that party cannot kind of read the room, right? They they can't read the ketchup on the wall. 
And it, it's, <laughs> I think, I, I honestly think that's the new saying. It's like, oh man, well, I'm, I'm reading the ketchup on the wall right now and shit is fucked. Okay. Right. But you look at this, right? And you've already got Nazis co-opting the let's go Brandon slogan narrative. And so right. when that happens, you either say, yeah, this is us. But again, most of those people that are going to say, yeah, this is us, have the mask on. So they might be saying in private, much like a KKK member might have the hood on. And then, you know, in front of everyone, they might say something different, right? Or not something as extreme, right? But it is that same thing where you have to you have to figure out which which people are willing to double down on this narrative that has already been taken over and has already been proven, right? You've got Nazi flags uh, that were over over the interstate that had let's go brand on it, right? It was taken within within you know a short amount of time and so now you have to figure out okay are you with trump and let's go brandon or are you not with trump right and you know what is the what is the outcome if you say you're not with trump right especially if you're running for election you have to figure out kind of where to put your eggs in which basket you know and most likely probably the basket of deplorables but right well but you know it it is a um it is an, an american thing to make sure, just like this gentleman did with Rudy Giuliani and uh, my my adorable wife did with um, <laughs> the Let's Go Brandon Nazi in the truck, you have you have to you have to make sure to uh, make them feel the shame that they should feel, right. right? Like because that's the problem is they don't really feel it quite yet. They yeah. still feel like they have a place in our society, they have a place in our democracy, mm-hmm. and they may with their ideas because we are a democracy and we are for liberty and you get to have your views. But like you said, you do not get to live without the consequences of those views. This is not a cancer culture. It's a consequence culture. And there are consequences for not only your thoughts, but your actions as well. And if you, if you make your thoughts into actions, you will pay a heavy price and we should make them pay a heavy price. Um, Speaking of uh, paying prices for actions, um, you, you, our, our headline today is that Boris Johnson is res- oh, yeah. ha- kind of resigned. Yeah, well, like- yeah. I mean, w- when I went to bed, I went to bed. At, so it would be for your time. I was a, I probably went to bed around two in the morning. Um, oh, okay. And at that time, the announcement had just come out. Right. It right. Was because because the- it's across the pond. So they're right. Right. right exactly. They're ahead, they're ahead you know, and like all the cameras were waiting for him to come out. So I was like, all right, well, he's going to resign. So I was like, oh, this is going to happen, you know, but it's there is a little bit of it. It's like, I'm going to I'm going to resign, but, but I'll stay as kind of the what did they call the not the party leader, but it was kind of like a not like a, like a well, liaison or right, like, right, like right. I'm going to stay on until, until they October. find someone. But it sounds right. like he's supposed to throw a big party. I, I think the place is called checkers or check something like oh, that, yeah. you mean like checkers, like in the U.S.? I what I don't know. You don't know checkers. No checkers the 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 fast food restaurant. No, no, I don't think no, no, I don't no, think no, there's no, many. No, no, I don't, no, no, I, don't no, I don't think no, there's no, many. Not, there. not, I'm not just like, saying it could like be checkers. checkers. Fast it could be checkers, no, right? No, it's 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 spelled differently. Gabe. Okay, it's that's spelled what you say. And apparently, it's some kind of fancy ass place over there in the UK. I don't know. I'm I don't know anything about the UK really. I was trying to fucking fake that I knew anything about British politics. That's fine. That's fine. 
Yeah, I mean, well, like I said, all you got to do, pinky up, grab something, you know, maybe do an accent. That's that, well, yeah, but but, but uh, the point the point is is it seems to me that he's hanging on to have this party is what people. Oh are yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, here's the thing: like, when has there not been controversy for Boris Johnson, right? And the main reason that there's controversy around Boris Johnson and what ultimately led up to this kind of forced resignation, which, by the way, his own conservative party pushed him out. All right, like. The UK did something that the US is unwilling to do, right? right. You have Boris Johnson and, and Trump. They are the same person, just different hairdos, <laughs> depending, on the, depending on how windy the day is. Right. And the UK is willing to push him out, right? They're like, oh, shit, this guy is fucking up shit. We had Brexit, that fuck up. He has all these fucking uh, controversies. Right now, he's got the, you know, which, again, which is what led up to it is Chris Pincher. Um, and led to a, a, a medley of just resignations, uh, of the, um, ministers, which are the kind of the cabinet members in the UK. Those people were like, yeah, fuck this noise. This is, we are way off the fucking rocker, um, for our party. Like you are making us look like an idiot. Um, and we need to get you out. You know, we need to, we need to remove this, this, um, this poison, right? Or, or um, this parasite. And we need to get rid of it so that we can go back to what our core values are. The US, on the other hand, they're like, no, nah, let's see how much we can ride this one right, out. Right, right, right. And like, we, we, wanna, we really yeah. want to, we really want to, we really want to embrace this parasite. Right. They're like, even though in the US, we were willing to say out, like after the impeachment, we were like, yeah, this was Trump's fault and he should have been impeached, but we didn't want to impeach him, you know? Uh, even though he was twice impeached, this wasn't fully removed right? Um, when it came to the votes in the Senate. But it is one of those things where it's like, wow, the UK did something that the US was unwilling to do, right? You know, it's like, I thought the idea, you know, not, I mean, just like, I thought the idea of the US was to be better, right? You didn't want to have this type of rule of law. You didn't want to have this type of way of life. And yet now you're going back, or you're trying to form a different form of government and have a different rule of law than what you originally founded for these this country and our founding fathers, right? Um, but it, it I, I think it says a lot that you know they're willing to be like, well, man, we got rid of our fucking Trump when we could, right? And that's what happened. They pushed him out, and they're like, yeah, we'll keep you around for right now, but like we're gonna right. get someone else in. Well, I mean, here, probably someone else who'd be more conservative and more kind of like straight and arrow and not so crazy, but you know, they're pushing it, him out. Here's here's Fox and Friends take on this 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 morning of Boris Johnson being uh, called to resign. Of course, you know, Fox has a difficult time with Boris because, like you said, he is Trump, but he's not always like Trump. Right. In in the in in the respect of MAGA. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's not like MAGA would like him, but they would definitely Eric Greitens would want to rhino hunt him. Right. Like, oh, that's, for sure. Like if Boris Johnson was in the mm-hmm. U.S., if he was a politician in the U.S., but so they have a difficult time with him. But listen to how they describe why he should have left. Just listen very carefully. It's fucking hilarious. What has happened over the last <laughs> uh, you know number of months and years is the British people did not trust him. He would say one thing and would do something else and then pop up in the tabloids. Uh, and then with this thing, it, it, it's a question of integrity. He has refused to go, even though people have been calling for him to uh, hit the pavement for a while, because he would say, look, I had a, uh, a mandate. I had an additional 14 million votes from voters who voted for me 
in 2019. So I'm going to stick around. And he stuck around until he saw the writing on the wall. 53 government officials called it quits. Uh, The government of the United Kingdom and of England was in dire needs of somebody to run different cabinet uh, positions and things like that. And so his uh, apparently his assistants were trying to fill the positions as quickly as people would quit, but they couldn't. And they were people who were in charge of security, the courts, technology, education, finance, Northern Ireland and science. So clearly that's a lot of the government with nobody running it. And so now he's going to leave. And without a doubt, somebody problems. You can almost take the pictures of Boris Johnson. I text you this. this morning. You can almost take the pictures of Boris Johnson out of this and put in pictures of Trump, like right after January 6th. Right. And be like, what the fuck? I mean, where were you at? Where were you at? Mm-hmm. And then in this, in this, uh, Peter Ducey's dad. Yeah. 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 Dad. That's, that's Ducey senior. Oh, so this is dumb fuck Ducey senior. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And where's Jin Saki when you need her? But, the, but this is really fun. You, you know, you take a few of the words out, you put pictures of Trump up yeah. um, instead of pictures of Boris Johnson. Oh yeah. I think it totally works. Yeah. We can rework a video. Well, I mean, it's, it, well, I don't want to, I don't want to piss anyone off with satire now. Oh, I, I don't want, I don't, oh. so, look, I don't, I don't, I don't, what I don't want to do oh. is for the sake of comedy and making people laugh right. and realize what the fuck Fox is saying. I really, I would not want to piss off it a would parody be or, or satire expert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, satire and parody, you know, just comedy professor. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. He, is he is he a professor or a connoisseur of comedy? I don't know. Everyone you know, knows. It's hard to say. I'm I'm I'm, but I'm just a I'm a taco connoisseur. So I who right knows, right yeah right? right. Well, I mean, and you're so unserious, Gabe. Uh, but you're a really good guy, <laughs> and you're really funny. But you're not funny, and you're dangerous. But you're really funny. You know, it's a, it's kind of a cool thing that you. Yeah. As, as For, everyone knows, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yesterday. Well, the day before. Uh, yeah, Gabe the night or, before, right? It was may or may not well, have yeah. uh, snuck into Mar-a-Lago and convinced Trump to release a a truth or a right. statement on True Social, and then Gabe screenshot it and put it up on his account. Um, uh, <laughs> and you didn't properly mark it, and it really confused people. That's the point: is to confuse you, whether it's real or not. That's the point of satire, political satire in particular. Uh, and there's one uh, blue checked account that really didn't understand that. And he kept digging a hole yesterday yeah. because he didn't understand that. And all, so much so that last night, how long was that fucking, uh, someone sent me a thing saying he was live. Yeah. On yeah. yeah. So yeah. Again? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, cause somebody sent it to me and they I said, see. they said he's doing a live about you and what happened today. It was like an hour long. And it was him trying to justify an hour. It had to have been more than an hour because I, it, I it watched looked, for a well, while. When I when I went on there, uh, he's probably watching right now. I, oh, I, probably, I, Seth, probably. Seth, Seth, if you are watching, if you watch the entire show for us to talk about you for three or four minutes to you know make you feel relevant here on the Tony Michaels broadcast uh, as a as a satire and comedy and and parody expert, which you're not, dumb fuck. But if you're out there listening, you are more than welcome to come on the show and I will, I will tell yeah. you and explain to you whether you're an attorney or you got PhDs or whatever the fuck, how smart you think you are. I will explain to you exactly what our goal was 
because we talked about it yesterday. We talked about it every time you release a statement, every time we do this stuff. I'll explain to you exactly what our goal was. I'll explain to you exactly what we were thinking. And there's nothing to hide. It was obvious what we were trying to do. It's always obvious what we're trying to do. We don't try to hide anything. Yes, yes. Did we try to fool people? That's the point of the parody or the satire. Excuse me. Um, but the point is, is that he went on and on and on last night. And he tried to sound smart. He tried to sound educated. He tried to, what he tried to do is he tried to make uh, a lot of historical references to satire and parody to explain to us Mm -hmm. what uh, uh, satire and parody is or isn't. Is it satire? Is it parody? Like parody, you're along for the, you know, you're along for the trip, right? You're making fun of this thing. If satire, you're making a critique, right? Yes. Like if, you know, it's but, but what, what he was saying is that is in, in the in the live is he was saying kind of two different things, because what he was right. saying is that satire parody, it's obvious satire. Mm-hmm. It's not obvious. And we were saying yesterday one thing on the podcast and not another thing. I'm like, and he's and, and someone in the comments was challenging him. Actually, several people were challenging yeah, yeah. Him about what he was saying. And and he said, no, I went and watched the show, which. He didn't watch the show. He said he watched. watched He said he well. He said in from the video that I saw. He may have. He he said he watched the first few. He 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 did. We came in, so he was he was a viewer. He came in and he watched the first few minutes of the show. Okay. And he was like, I listened to Tony Michaels, and he was talking about how it was intentional and this and that, and he's like, you know, and like his argument that he's trying to make is that this whole thing was misinformation, right? The thing that he got stuck up on. Now, the whole reason we made it was because, and and again. Anytime, you know, I've made, I've made uh, probably four or five since 2020, right? I've made, you know, three this year. Those three have gone viral. And whether that's just because people believe them to be real or my account has a certain reach or whatever it is. He said yesterday that it was misinformation, right? But again, the reason, the purpose of this this announcement was to focus on how trivial because these are all of these things have happened are all trivial in nature. Trump is going to be upset that somebody said he wouldn't have him on the podcast. It's so dumb. It is so incredibly dumb. We know how much of a knucklehead or a dipshit that Trump is. Right. But for someone who is an adult, for someone who sits at home in Mar-a-Lago, the only thing he can do is, is get flustered because somebody said, Oh no no no! I I'm not going to give that guy an opportunity. I, I don't want to give him a platform. I don't want I don't want to help him. I don't want to help him. Yeah, you know, we showed that yesterday. Things. We showed that right yesterday. exactly. So that's what the commentary was. Now he got tricked up on the last part of the statement, which was <laughs> uh, when we said, you know, he'd rather have uh, Joe Rogan would rather have a second-rate uh, president gutless Ron DeSantis on his show instead of me, you know? So that's what it was. He was like, oh, no, no, no. This is newsworthy stuff. This is something that journalists, all journalists like myself, found incredibly newsworthy. The problem with that argument is that nobody ever thought to cover it. Nobody ever thought to look into it. Or if they did, they're like, oh, one, this is dumb. I don't really care for it. Or like, this is so dumb, like it's comical. And the, the last part is them saying, who cares, right? Well, right. Who well, fucking I mean, cares? It's not newsworthy, especially over someone who said, I don't want this guy on the on the podcast. And that is what Seth is so upset about. But the real reason, I'll let you go and then I'll explain kind of where the, the time, for anyone who's watching, the timeline of events that went down yesterday. 
and what happened. But well, uh, well yeah, but because what he's saying is is that that it's not newsworthy. He claims to be a journalist. I don't know if he is or not. Right. I, fuck, I don't know. It's hard to tell from when you Google Seth Abramson if he's a fucking journalist or not. Some people say he is. He claims he is. He's a self-proclaimed journalist, Gabe, just like you're a self-proclaimed satirist. <laughs> but he may be a journalist. But here's the thing, and, and you're going to explain this in timeline. He's fucking butthurt because he posted it. Someone challenged him because if he's such a fucking journalist, he didn't do his goddamn job to go. Just go to true social. That's it. It's, it we were It wasn't like we were. Fu- he kept saying we created a document. This wasn't a fucking fake email that we created between Trump and right. Rogan or some shit. This was a fu- fucking public post that that and it, and the other thing, Seth, is you keep focusing on the image that we made it look so real. The part that's the fucking satire is the words. Not the fucking image, dummy. It's the fucking words is the satire. Read the fucking words. It is what I have a problem with. Right. And and the other thing, too, is for him to attack, for him as a blue checked account with his fake really big following that he has. Um, that's right. It, 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 right. Part of his following is not real. Yeah. But Seth Abramson, Seth Abramson, uses his blue check account to come attack you who who are not you are not a blue check yeah. and and t- 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 that obviously does satire if you just look at your fucking uh, the top of your twitter right. for more than two goddamn seconds then he claims oh well they tried to really p- pimp it out by using the podcast account yeah we clearly did it was yeah. a coordinated effort we wanted people to see it because i don't know we made it it was satire we wanted people to see it and some people, most people in the comments did not believe this shit was real. They right. didn't believe it was real. And they, they questioned. That's yeah. the whole point. That's the whole point is they question. Holy fuck. Would he actually say something like that? Trump, would he actually say? I don't know. I mean, yeah. and that, that is, it, is, the, it isn't. It, that is the unfortunate re- reality we've lived in right now because we've set kind of this new base insane reality which is like this guy could say something like that right like this is so crazy that he would get upset at something so trivial so dumb some guy saying to the former president right exactly nobody is covering this you know outside of the fact of that joe rogan is a voice and a personality and he spoke up and said i'm not i'm not going to bring him on i i've been asked before and the only reason it was newsworthy is because is because it's a president, right? And because people are like, oh, we want Trump on the podcast, that, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's a non-issue. It, it's not like right. I'm going to, here's the thing. Again, whenever I do these, it's always about something that is so dumb. It's never about something that's super important, like, oh shit, he said this thing about January 6th, or oh shit, he talked about like killing someone or, 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 or the death or whatever it might be, right? The, at the end of the day, it's about the most trivial, non-important, dumb shit ever. Because that is the commentary also that's being made. Also, to explain it all, I feel is like assuming someone is not intelligent to be like, hey, just so you know, disclaimer, this is satire or, or this is par- <laughs> right. like whatever it might be. Like some things are more obvious, right? Right. When I hey, do a hey face- audience, hey, audience that we want to give this to, you're so stupid. We have to market. We have to market as period. Right. Or, or, or the fact that like he's like, oh, well, so many people were asking. It's like, yeah, well, look, I made it at night and I went to bed and I fucking woke up in the morning to a message that was from or a rather a tweet of people saying, uh, have you seen Seth's uh, page, right? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, again, 
I made it. Then you know who the motherfucker I, I, was. I made it. I had my life. I went to bed. Right. And then it was, uh, it was I woke a up, joke, Seth. It was a joke. Yeah. And I got a, a <laughs> fucking just a barrage of text messages, you, other people, DMs. Uh, oh, it was uh, hilarious. And was I was like, hilarious. what? I was like, I woke up and I was like, what the hell is going on? This is crazy. So then throughout the day, I'm like, oh, whatever. I'm dealing with other stuff. We've got projects going on the side that we're working right. on. We've got meetings. We I the barely show. even tweet outside of just like retweet people during the day yesterday. And I made a tweet and it was a comical tweet to say, hey, I don't know who the Seth guy is because I really don't know who he is. Right. I've, I've never spoken to him. I've never really heard of him before. But I made a comment that said, I don't know who the Seth guy is, but he apparently had a problem with this parody kind of the spoof uh, post that I made. And then I said, just in case. And I was like, I think this could be a good opportunity to let everyone know that I'm not actually friends with Don Jr. Again, it's just a joke. It's I'm. I'm discussing a separate thing to say like in case you weren't sure this is me and it's obvious that i'm not friends with whoever uh you know i'm I'm not friends with don jr so the timeline as i've kind of collected based on what i saw through the video and what other people have shown by the way Seth. by the way Seth, this is how you do a timeline this is how you do research because gabe puts facts inside of his videos and his research if you want to right so what happened yesterday was he saw the tweet he shared it now Again, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't like the infighting, but when somebody tells 945,000 people to block me, I have a little bit of an issue. If you have an issue with me, send me a DM. Contact me. Come Maybe on the show, Seth. Come, Come on, on the, the show. show. Yeah. But when you violate the Twitter terms of service and tell 945,000 people, almost 1 million people, that they should block me, it's a little unprofessionally immature. And I'll tell you why. Because... As a journalist, you should have done the research to look into this, right? It was very easy. If you saw it was on Truth Social, go over to Truth Social. Don't see it, boom. But unfortunately, what you did was you saw it. And now, again, I don't know Seth, but he says he's a Trump biographer. And he says he very much is is an expert in the field. He's, he's, He's been covering it for the last seven years. And he was tricked to the extent that he thought it was real, right? He <laughs> believed it, whether he wanted to believe it or he saw it. And he goes, wow, this is this is written just like him. So I don't know if that says more about him or about me, but <laughs> that all things aside. You so do a he, really good you do a really good Trump, by the way. Right. In this so, state. so I mean, when you read him enough and you see the speeches, you you kind of it just becomes second nature. Again, I hadn't done this in in a few months, so well, I you came had back sent and, it to me. You had sent it to right, me. You're yeah. like, what do you think about this? I'm like, ah, put a couple exclamation points in there. You, you, right, you're exactly. Missing, yeah. Throw this. You're, you're missing the exclamation. Yeah. <laughs> so what ended up happening? So I so he shared it. Right. He didn't he didn't check it. Seth he put did, it on right? there. Seth yeah, did. Seth. He 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 shared it. Whether it was from someone else or me, put it up onto his. Uh, he tweeted it. Whatever he said. Somebody said, hey, this might be fake. So we Uh-oh. took it down. Uh oh. At this point, you know, he feels probably duped. And, you know, maybe he feels embarrassed because he sent it out to nearly a million people. He is people. a journalist and an attorney a, and a yeah, Trump right. biographer. He should exactly. know better. He should so, know better. Again, you know, he felt he felt kind of duped here. And whether he was embarrassed, he was like, oh, look, I'm going to go check in on this. I don't know. Again, he didn't do the research, which I think says more about him. Again, I don't know him, but I think it says more about the idea that. Uh, a journalist wouldn't do research and looking into it. Well, that's probably the problem we have in this country. Right. And so what happened later on the day, he takes it down. He then blocks me, which I didn't even know uh, about his account until people were tweeting at me. 
And then he sent out a tweet that said, you should, uh, or I recommend blocking I'm Gabe Sanchez, right? He is a threat to democracy, da 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 yeah, He's not an but, ally. But doesn't time. give, yeah, not an ally, doesn't give any context to who I am or what this is about, which I think was intentional. Because I think that if he would have shared the image, he could have redlined it. He could have been like, hey, this is, you know, he could have, he could have done a Daniel Dale and threw a big X on it, right? <laughs> at but least he, Daniel, at least Daniel Dale had the fucking respect right, exactly. to, show, to show your image, even with a with a shitty red X across it. Because so, that's that's typical yeah, Daniel it, Dale. It, yeah, it, it's like this isn't real. I'm gonna do a crazy thread about how many claps Marjorie Taylor Greene did, or he's gonna write an article about something, right? right? right. Whatever it might be. Well, I, I want to say why, why we yeah. why we're invoking Daniel Dale. He's welcome on two, and really, yeah, I, honestly, yeah. Daniel and Seth, you come on at the same time. We'll fucking we'll teach you both how this works. We can talk uh, about it. We, you know, you know, hey, keep Daniel table, Dale and Blue. Round table, you know? keep you guys in check. Right. And so here's the thing: he tweeted it. He he told 945 thousand people that they should block me because I was uh, not an ally and I was a threat to. I was a danger. I was dangerous to democracy. And so what ended up happening was he didn't include the image. And the image would have been the actual press release. Now, I think in his mind, by not including the details, the specifics of what the image was or what this was about, he thought it would make it seem better, right? Instead of including the image and saying, hey, this is what was shared. Because I think if he did, most people, if not all, would say, well, this is right. this is ridiculous. Maybe this- some people some people might agree because there's going to be people out there who's like, oh yeah, I don't care for this stuff. Don't put Trump stuff on this platform. We hear it all the time. When people share videos, yeah, of we Trump, get that right? all the time. Don't show this stuff. Even when I retweet videos like a exactly, Martin exactly. So he sends a tweet. He does this thing, and I'm like, ah, that's a little immature and unprofessional. If you had a problem, again, reach out to me, or you know, send me some other tweet or whatever it is. Instead of just, hey, block this person because they're a danger. Well, look, wouldn't have done it that way. Probably a better way to do it. You know, he claims in the video that I saw that he's like, it served his purpose. So I closed down the comments. I go, oh, you, you mean you mean the uh, the Instagram live? Yeah, he right. The the Insta- yeah, yeah. He closed the comments because he watched us on the show. Right. Is why he closed the comments? And he closed the comments because the comment section was full of comments saying you're a fucking idiot because you're the right. one. You're the one that didn't check this out. You're supposed to be a journalist. Right. You're supposed to be. He he literally he literally claims to be this great researcher, like the greatest researcher ever. And he has he has this uh, you know a little bit of a troll farm that yeah, that, yeah. That, that that claim that thinks he's some kind of fucking research guy or some shit. And he might be a smart guy. He might be well educated. He might be well read. But the problem is, is a motherfucker doesn't know what uh, uh, what satire is. He doesn't know. He kept claiming he knows, but Seth, it really is very simple. I know you have a dictionary somewhere on that bookshelf that's behind you that you claim you've read all those fucking books or whatever, right? There's a fucking dictionary back there somewhere. Dust that motherfucker off, dust it off, go to S and look up satire and see what the fuck it says. And then once you figure out that fucking definition, you can come back to us because I'll tell you the thing, because I thought it was hilarious what he was, how he was self-destructing. Right, right, right. But the one thing that really pissed me off yesterday, and I showed in my tweet uh, when I, when I came to your defense, and really I I wasn't coming to your defense. I was just trying to state. Oh, thanks. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, I was just, I was trying to state the fact. Right, right. What really pissed me off is when he claimed that you weren't an ally and you don't give a shit about democracy. That's what really fucking pissed me off about it. Because ultimately, Seth Abramson, uh, through our discovery yesterday of who he is, that motherfucker is more concentrated. He is obsessed with Ron DeSantis, and he is obsessed with 2024. And he is the reason why, if we lose, as pro-democracy people, 
in 2022. He's the reason why, because he's got his fucking people so focused on Ron DeSantis, who is not running for president right now. He's yeah. running for governor. Yeah, he's running for governor. And he's so focused on 2024 that he's going to miss the Ohio race for Senate mm -hmm. in Ohio. He's going to miss the, the Senate race in Pennsylvania. He's going to miss the one in Missouri. He's going to miss the one in Arizona because he's so fucking fucking focused on an election cycle that hasn't even started yet. Right. And this is the reason why it is so important, because he attacked you and, and told almost a million people. Well, it seems like a million people. Yeah. yeah. To, un, to block you. Because you're not an ally. And everyone on this show and yeah. everyone who's, who knows you on Twitter and has watched your content knows that that is the furthest thing from the fucking truth. And that's really why Seth Abramson lost more followers yesterday. And you gained you gained more followers and right, he right, lost yeah. followers. Which, you know, and I, I just want to say this, like, I was not expecting that as a result. I, I did not I did not see that coming. You know, I certainly wasn't expecting waking up to a tweet like that, but I, I certainly wasn't expecting anyone to to come to my defense. And I and I truly appreciate and I want to say thank you to everyone who who uh, explained to him who I was, right? Because I think what Seth did was he just made the jump and said, This image, which I think is the other problem here, is he saw the image, saw that I posted it, and then said, This guy is a danger. Did not look into who I was, did not do the research, right? Here's the other part too. What if I did not actually create that image? That's what if right. I was what if I was sharing it and someone else shared it? And then he said, I'm a danger. So he made an assumption. While he was right that we created it, he made an assumption. Yeah, he, like didn't, he, did. he didn't contact us. A journalist, a journalist would do their fucking due right. diligence, Seth. When I would contact someone who they thought was the fucking right. owner to verify, because Gabe Gabe has never and I know this for sure, for a fact that he has never denied that he made it, that he made a graphic or he made yeah. a video that he made when a journalist, a real, a real fucking, not some self-proclaimed journalist, but a real fucking journalist contacted him and asked right. him. He's given statements to several fucking articles about previous statements. And if you would have just did, I don't know, th two, three minutes of research, like a journalist should have done, you'd have fucking known that. But right. one thing, one thing I want to do here is I want to show the audience who the fuck this guy is and the shit that he's espousing. And I want to show you why, why he is fucking hurting the pro-democracy movement. And I'm not saying that Seth can't change his mind because I believe Seth can. Mm -hmm. I believe that Seth can change his ways. I think he's a smart, educated guy and he can stop this nonsense where he attacks people who are pro-democracy and he keeps and he keeps fucking propping up these right-wing fucking fascists who are talking about right. killing their fucking grandchildren on the house floor. This is we played a video yesterday at Debbie Lasco and I don't have to replay it again. Everyone's seen the motherfucker where she's talking about guns and protecting her grandchildren right. and how she's going to shoot her grandchildren protect them. And here's Seth Abramson. Yes, yes, I got a sock puppet. And I'm I'm trolling the motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm doing it. I don't give a shit. This is not a screenshot. This is really Twitter here. Ha ha ha, Seth. Ha 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 ha. Block me again, <laughs> motherfucker. Okay, so um, it, he tweets out this yesterday. Debbie Lasko is an insurrectionist, but I think she cert almost certainly meant to say shoot someone, quote unquote, rather than shoot them. As her quote makes no logical sense, putting right. aside moral sense otherwise. Listen, Seth, if you can do mental gymnastics when Debbie Lasko has not come out and said that she meant to say and she misspoke, 
you motherfucker. If you could do mental gymnastics to fucking protect and try to fucking scoff away a, a United States elected official, a representative from Arizona, Debbie Lasko, going to the House floor and putting on our official record mm -hmm. in the House that she would shoot her grandkids to protect them with a gun because that's her prerogative as a grandma. You you would go to the extent of putting out a tweet like this to protect her, but when there's no evidence, right. none that Debbie Lasko. The most that she said someone. was she tweeted out and says, "Oh, I can't believe these gun control zealots. You know, thought it would attack me." She never said I misspoke. She never said I didn't mean them. I meant to shoot whoever. Like this is something again. Mary Miller, not two weeks ago, was on stage and said, "Thank you, Trump." for protecting white lives. Earlier this year, she was on stage quoting Hitler, right? You know, so it's a moment like this where it's like, whether you call it a gaffe, whether you call it a Freudian slip, whatever it was, they meant what they said and they said what they meant. Well, if and, it was and, a problem, they would have corrected. And, and to Lasko justify is, is bullshit. Because here's the thing, trying to justify this type of responsibility, like, well, they meant someone else. They didn't mean shoot them. Like, we should be giving them the benefit of the doubt. No, we shouldn't. These are the people that want to control women's bodies. These are the people that want to unravel same-sex marriage. These are the people that want to give guns to everyone. These are the people that want to make this country a dangerous place. So to give them an inch and say, she meant someone, not them, is fucking bullshit. And I think, again, just like Seth was focusing on a very trivial, non-important issue and tried to make it a very big, important issue... He's doing the same here. He's trying to then take a very big, important issue for a representative who That's put right. it on the fucking public record to say, guys, 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 it's not actually that. She meant this. I don't care if it was a gaffe. She said it. Right. And these are the people who mean what they say. Then she, then Debbie Lasko needs to go to the fucking house floor and repudiate the record and change the record in front of a fucking microphone. That's right. what she can do and she should do if this is what she meant. But the point I'm trying to make, because everyone in the thing is saying Seth has a sub stack. They're trying to figure out who Seth is because a right. lot of people don't know who Seth is. You got to pay to be for a journalist. it. Uh, he, yeah, right. He claims to be a journalist. He claims to be an attorney, self-proclaimed uh, journalist. The, the point is, he may be a great researcher and a great journalist. The point is, is that the motherfucker, the motherfucker yesterday got butt hurt because he got tricked by our piece of satire and Gabe's great artwork of making it look real. He got fucking tricked because he would take two seconds to check it because he wanted it to he wanted to believe that it was real. So he's not a good journalist in my mind. And right. I, I well. I welcome Seth to come on the show and tell us how he is a good journalist and I'll tell him how he's not. And maybe, maybe just maybe, maybe just maybe we can come to an agreement here yeah. because Seth Abramson is not a good journalist by definition based on this statement. And then the exact opposite when he did what he did with Gabe's piece of satire, which right. everyone knew everyone knew it was a piece of fucking satire and the other Seth. the other thing too is like you made a great point earlier is like when i've done past pieces of works whether it's video or written form there's always someone who comes and reaches out to me and says hey are you the creator of this content can i get a quote and i say sure yeah fine whatever yeah totally i think di didn't didn't reuters reuters uh, reached out to me i had usa today that reached out to me like other people who have reached out to me in the past about previous works whether whatever they might be have reached out and said can I get confirmation 
Or do you know where this came from? Right, I'm because, trying to track it down. Because right? you had Daniel Dale fact check you. He's a CNN Trump fact right, checker. Right. And and here's the thing is Daniel Dale, he, th- th- this last time he's like, he knew. He knew because he, he, Daniel Dale knows the gig now. Yeah, yeah. He, he knows the bit. But Seth didn't. But the, 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 but the statements previous, he did a fucking thread. He like did a thread of how he figured out how you, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, he did his research. Get, gave me, Daniel Dale spent like an hour. Like an yeah, hour yeah. trying I mean, to figure out it to was smoke great. it I mean, out. Thank you. Fact check it. Now it's ridiculous that Daniel Jail would fact check something like that when he could just contact right, and right. say, Hey, did you make this? Is this real? Is this yeah, real? Yeah. Or he could be like, This right. is not real. You look right. on the you look on True Social, it's not there. Right. And, and so right. Yeah. And the again, Daniel, I, Daniel, you're welcome to come on the yeah, show yeah. if you and defend Both you guys are welcome. I mean, yeah, like, right. you know, I, I don't have Seth's got to unblock us to come on the show and talk to us. Oh, I he did he did he unblock you? Oh, you're no, saying? No, oh, no, you're. No, no. Oh, okay. I'm saying like he would have to if he wanted right, to reach right. out. Well, he's know? he's using sock accounts to still. Right, right. To still but troll. I think I think the funniest thing is also the assumption that he made uh, beyond the fact he's like, oh, this person made it right, and this is the person that isn't uh, that is responsible. He looked at my bio and said he's bragging about Daniel Dale fact checking him. Here's the context that you missed, Seth. <laughs> here's the context. I was not referring. I didn't. Here's the thing. When I woke up in the morning, I did not know that Daniel Dale had made a tweet about me. Okay. Did not know that. Right. Until people were messaging him and DMing me and all this stuff. The thing in the bio that says fact checked by Daniel Dale, CNN was in reference to a previous one that I had made four months ago. So there's the evidence, Seth. If you would, if you're a real journalist and you're a good one, the evidence was right there, right? Fucking right. there in front of your fucking face. But not only that, I wasn't bragging. I mean, yeah, sure. It's a badge of honor. Be like, oh, I was fact-checked by these people. That's cool. Whatever, you know, but I wasn't bragging about this statement, right? It was something I kept in my bio from previous, from a previous occasion months ago. So because you Len saw Daniel Dale retweeted him and saw, oh my God, he's, he's, He's saying that this is a badge of honor from from Daniel Dale on this <laughs> on this fucking message. No, you did not do your research. Right, all you the way did back not do it, and you it's made a lot. Wrong. You made assumptions. You were right that I made it, but you made assumptions that I was bragging about this statement. You made an assumption that it was who I, you know, it was me, and then you jumped on the assumption that it was real instead of doing any sort of research, and then made a tweet and saying you should all block it. Now, again, you can do whatever you want with your account, but you also violated terms of service. So I wouldn't right. be surprised if someone started reporting your shit. Yeah, well, I, I think they did. But, you know, that's probably why he turned off the comments as well. And mm-hmm. and again, again, I, I want to reiterate. I want to reiterate. I think Seth Seth is actually thinks, thinks that he is uh, pro-democracy. I believe he is pro-democracy. I believe he wants the best for our democracy. I, I think he's got a lot of skewed views on, on what he is and who he is and how it mm-hmm. works. Um, we're all I, self-proclaimed, right? You know? Exactly. And I would, I would welcome, I would welcome Seth on the show. If you wanted to come on, I, I don't know if he's watching. I'm sure he is under a sock, but again, uh-huh. or something like that. Maybe that's some of these comments, these pro Seth comments that are in the, um, the thing I, again, I would I, imagine, I would imagine if a dude had a million followers and really liked him, I right. would imagine our comment section would be like, Tony, you're yeah. stuck. Just stop talking Again, about I, him. You know, I didn't. And the, I, the last <laughs> thing I'll say is, you know, I don't know who Seth is. I had to read about him and look into him. I read a lot of stuff that was not favorable. Right. And I made a thread. Again, it was a joking thread. It was one out of 451 because yeah, that's right. the he's a thread man. Anyway, there's there's a couple articles and exposés that cover him. And I was quoting different people from CNN. And wait, Politico. wait, you were quoting journalists. You were quoting articles. 
It was crazy. Wait, I know. I know. I did my research wait. and I found certain oh things out God. and I was quoting things that he had said and it's people almost, said that wasn't it's true. It's almost like you as a self-proclaimed satirist or better a better right. self-proclaimed journalist than even Seth Abramson was for your statement and the right. Debbie Lasko statement. So because, and I I saw in the video because I quoted those things and 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 made those tweets this little like joking thread that was like six six actual quotes and then the last one was like a gift mm-hmm. that was like hope you have an awesome day right it's a fucking joke he said on the video that i was um i was saying nasty untrue things yeah look i'm, I'm just I, quoting the people right. that covered the situation that are talking about that's all it was. you are the fuck i'm not you making are, anything man. up you you are mean gabe you are very mean yeah <laughs> Ah, that's the other, that's the other word. That's the other word. You, you know, the other thing I noticed before we go, because we're running out of time here, and uh, we we've already went over, <laughs> is uh, uh the other thing that I noticed during the Instagram live, he kept saying this guy, this guy. Yeah. Now when he when he talked about me, he said my name, and I yeah, was watching, I and I wanted, I wanted to type, I wanted well because I don't know, but I wanted to type, I wanted to type. You can say his fucking name, like you can right. say his name. And yeah, I wonder why he, he claimed didn't say that. he claimed that people were calling him a racist and shit, which I don't oh. think he was being a fucking racist. Yeah, I don't. Look, think I mean, your racist. last name Sanchez. I, I don't think, think he was. Being, I think it was. A, a it was. A, it was an idiotic move, right? Yeah, but it was really you know, again, like, I think it was immature and unprofessional to tweet that out. Right. I think there's better ways to get in contact, right? But yeah, it's it's it, I don't know. It's so I don't know. The whole thing is so dumb, and like I'm not fighting with him. I don't care about him. <laughs> He sent a tweet out to nearly a million people about me, and I responded, and he said that I was saying mean things. Seth who? Seth who? They keep saying Seth who. Um, that's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah. And and it would be a question that we do not continue here um, yeah. because today is the last day. Unless Seth wants to come on the show. Yeah, Seth, the this show. Seth who guy, this Seth who guy wants to come on the show. You're welcome, Seth. You're welcome to come on the show if you want to be told that you're a really shitty journalist, especially in this case. Um, then you're welcome to come on the show. You can come on the show. We'll yeah. talk to you. We'll talk to you about how bad you are at journalism. Maybe tomorrow. I don't think so. Tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow's Friday. Tomorrow's Friday. Um, I'm yeah. hoping we have a special guest on. I'm hoping to get Dr. Rachel Bidikoffer on. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly. We're trying to get a uh, time for her to come on. We also have Bonehead of the Week. Everyone knows yeah. Bonehead of the Week. So watch for the poll. Uh, for bone end of the week, um, Seth, may, Seth, who may or may not uh, end up on bone. I don't know. Uh, so follow us at Tony Michaels bot on Twitter. Do not block us. Do not block us. Follow us. If you want to vote, yeah, you yeah. can also vote on the YouTube channel. So don't forget to go down and hit the subscribe button. You can vote for bone end of the week tomorrow. We will break it down for you. As you know, you can also download every single episode on Apple, Spotify, Google, your favorite directories, because we air live every single weekday, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, noon Eastern, 11 Central on YouTube, Twitter, Two Twitch. hours. And we simulcast it in a Minus Touch Facebook page. But here's the thing. We download every single episode on all the directories for you to get it right to your ears. Mm-hmm. So until tomorrow, from our mouth to your ears, surf's up, motherfuckers. You've been listening to the Tony Michaels Podcast. Podcast. In your face commentary of current events and political news. No rules, no boundaries. I think we've made that perfectly clear. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll be back soon. In the meantime, follow Tony on social media at the Tony Michaels. And until next time, raise a fist and repeat after me. Fuck them.
Murphy's Mule Barn, head ass speaking.